0: So today, I decided to talk about my specialty.
1: Getting a deal. (laughs) (laughs) Finding coupons.
0: (laughs) Discounts. Welcome to What Should I Watch? A podcast to learn about interesting and inspiring Korean TV shows, aka Korean dramas. I'm your host, T, and every week, I help a guest with what to watch next.
1: Any songs about serial killers? Shostakovich?
0: One of his jazz suites. Was that an old boy? I'm pretty sure it was an old boy. (laughs) I mean, these are two true stories, what happened in America versus Korea, but it's almost identical. Like, this is human behavior and human psychology. Happy Monday.
1: Hello. Good morning. Happy Monday.
0: And if you're not in America, happy Tuesday? Happy Sunday?
1: Yeah, which one? Could it be happy
0: Sunday? I don't know. Where do you have to be if it's going to be? No, we're one of the last, right?
1: I don't know. I have no idea. I never think about it since I'm just an American. So I in I'm in America.
0: Yeah, I think we're the last we're not even on the East Coast. So it's always like, you know, when the year turns like when it becomes new year. Right. I think Hawaii is always the last.
1: So the day starts in Australia or Europe.
0: They're always earlier. I know Korea is like some like say 18. Hours ahead of us or something like that, so. Okay. Actually, so yeah, scratch that. No happy Sunday. <laughs> so either happy Monday or happy, happy Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah. Hi, good- my name is T. I'm your host. Just saying.
1: Hi, I'm Grant. I'm Grant.
0: Just in case this is your first episode of Watch Should I Watch. And welcome.
1: Last week we were talking about baseball. And it's interesting because I've been thinking about it all week. So thank you for that.
0: Is it a good thing?
1: Yeah, I think so. When I was a kid, I had baseball cards and I played baseball. So a bit of nostalgia and memories. And, you know, it's funny how some things are so important to you and then suddenly you don't think about them anymore.
0: Is the is the baseball card still around? Is it a thing?
1: I don't know. That's a good question. I still have lots of them, but... <laughs> When I was a kid growing up, if you found like a 1930s, 1940s, 50s baseball cards, they were actually worth money.
0: Maybe those are worth even more money now.
1: Those are, but by the time that I was collecting baseball cards in the 80s and 90s, I think cards were so mass produced that Uh. they weren't really ever worth much, you know, unless you had like a really good player. But we would find our parents old, like my dad's old cards or my friend's dad's had like cards and so we would go to the baseball card shop and we'd be like hey how much is this worth and they would give us you know hundred dollars for a card and
0: oh my god that's a lot of money yeah
1: back then too yeah. and it made us like oh wow like we can make money off this like so but i don't know how i don't know if that's true anymore
0: hmm. maybe now like if you sell game items online
1: yeah yeah some there's... like
0: rare items
1: yeah, the o- unopened boxes of toys are obviously pretty, uh, you know, pretty lucrative too. So what I do guess you mean, open it, box toys. Unop- unopened boxes oh. of toys. Yeah.
0: Like actual toys.
1: Yeah, like uh, Star Wars, oh. Barbies. Um, if you were smart enough to buy one to play with, and then buy one and just leave it in the package, <laughs> 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 then that unopened package of that toy is worth worth uh, money yeah there's a lot of little niche markets like that
0: yeah I had a lot of Barbies but I I don't know like it wasn't I wasn't like going crazy to collect or anything like that and yeah but for some reason although I liked Barbies I'm not interested in seeing the movie
1: oh really why not you don't, don't want know. to see it oh it's know. it's it got never... Ryan Gosling though so. well yeah that's a Sorry,
0: no offense to Ryan Gosling fans, but I don't like Ryan Gosling. <laughs> I don't even find him attractive. I was so shocked to learn that everybody loves him for the look. I'm like, really?
1: He's actually pretty funny. I just like him because he's funny.
0: I don't know. He gives me like a little... But anyway, we should talk about what I'm confident to talk about. Not Ryan Gosling, not Barbie.
1: So he's not going to be in this show? In this Korean show? No, I don't think so. Okay.
0: If it were, I wouldn't have watched it. (laughs) You know, when I was listening to our baseball episode, and I mean, I had to listen to it. I had to edit it. Yeah. I realized, you know what the writers say? Like, you should write about what you know the best. Yeah. That's so true, because I don't really know anything about baseball, as you could tell. (laughs) So although the drama has nothing to do with the actual rule of the game it was i guess i felt like maybe a little uncomfortable maybe a little like you know it's a topic that i am not comfortable with yeah so i was like yeah it's so true that you should write about it you should talk about what you know the best and that's probably why my summary didn't kick in until like 30 minutes because i was just like talking about all kinds of stuff and right. not knowing where the conversation was going and I don't know. So yeah, just overall, I feel like the last episode kind of sounds unorganized and interest too long. So it was kind of difficult for me to edit, but I hope it turned out okay.
1: Maybe people will enjoy it more. You never know.
0: So today... I decided to talk about something i am comfortable with, and I know fairly well
1: oh uh dogs <laughs> music
0: what music
1: uh books reading research what else libraries food oh um hmm, what do you know well the Korean language <laughs> <laughs> America? You
0: could say it's my specialty.
1: Okay, your specialty. I want to say getting a deal. (laughs) (laughs) Finding coupons, discounts. Oh, my God. Finding the best deal on anything. Cheapest price, best quality. Everything
0: you've mentioned so far is very positive and good things. That's good. Um...
1: Okay, so like something negative that you're good at.
0: (laughs) You can say that. Being angry. It's it's true crime.
1: True crime. Oh, yeah, chopped bodies. That is your specialty, actually. Yeah. And and something you're very interested in and knowledgeable about because you've spent a lot of time with it. So.
0: It sounds like uh, I committed something. Like I spent a lot of time with chopped bodies. (laughs) Uh, I have something hidden in my fridge. Is it what you're saying? Maybe, <laughs>
1: not for me to know, but uh, I think you do. Uh, you do listen to podcasts, and you do like researching those stories, and you do like watching those like true crime documentaries. So
0: there's a one unsolved crimes unsolved case. We don't know if it's crime yet, so we shouldn't call it crime. But there's a one case that's still unsolved. It's a missing case. And during the COVID, I really thought about moving to this specific location to solve this crime. (laughs) I just wanted to really research and dig and just survey the area. And it was so fascinating. I I, I mean, I read a lot of stories and unsolved cases and stuff like that. But that was, that still is my most, yeah, most interesting. And just the one that still stays on my mind. I still think about it sometimes.
1: Huh. Maybe you should try to solve it still.
0: But, um, yeah, and the recently, there, um, well, you pointed out, too, like, there's suspicious neighbor Yeah. whose house is all covered up, like, yeah. from the top, all sides, and, like, there are, like, 20 different cameras around the house. I don't know. It's so weird. You're right.
1: Yeah, it's a, very much into privacy and private property, and it's like they're really trying to hide something.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's one thing if you want to install some cameras, but, like, covering the whole top of your like yard and everything like that's definitely something, you know, so now I'm thinking like, yeah, I want to park my car in front of their house and just watch who goes in and out and, you know, make a note. And I don't know. But yeah, I'm always interested in crimes, not the act of crime, but why that happens. Yeah. You know, what's on their mind? Right? What makes them do those things? And what do they think about while they're committing those crimes? That's what I'm always interested
1: in. Yeah, it's kind of just the human behavior of yeah. a criminal, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. It's interesting for you.
0: So when this drama came out, the one we we're talking about, the one we're going to talk about today, I was so stoked because first of all, the drama is about a real person, oh. real two real people.
1: So based on true story.
0: Yeah. And I like those people, not the criminals, <laughs> 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 two people involved in this crime. Okay. I like those people and I, you know, I like the actors who play those people. Yeah. So, you know, this drama wasn't really like the one of the most popular ones in Korea. Right. Like you said in the beginning, like it's kind of niche drama. Yeah. And for that reason, I don't know how popular it got and internationally, but I feel like I have to cover this.
1: Well, and you watched it. Oh, yeah. Because of your you were interested, so Yeah. And
0: yeah. you know, like sometimes I watch something and I'm like playing game on the phone or like doing something right. else. But this one, like for the majority of the twelve episodes, I just watched it. Like Okay. Because the acting, because how it's actually based on true story. Right. It's so fascinating.
1: Well that's great. So it's twelve episodes. Yeah. And w- where can you watch this?
0: So this one is on Amazon Prime. Nice. With subscription, obviously. And you could watch on Viki also, you have to have membership to Viki. Cocoa is free.
1: I'm sure everyone has Amazon Prime, so.
0: Except me. They're just so expensive now. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And what's the name of it?
0: It's called Through the Darkness.
1: Oh, what a great title, Through the Darkness.
0: (laughs) I like the Korean title better. What's that? Korean title, literal translation is Those Who Read the Mind of Evil.
1: Wow, that, that is different. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's those, very different, right?
1: Those Who Read the Mind of Evil? Uh-huh. Wow. That's
0: Korean title.
1: Huh.
0: But okay. The official English title is Through the Darkness. It's just still not bad.
1: There's a great song. I think it was like a funk band back in the 70s or 80s. It was called Slipping into Darkness. But it was like slipping. Slipping into darkness. That makes me think of that.
0: Now you make me think about Slipknot.
1: Slipknot. <laughs> Very different than Slipknot, yes. <laughs> so we have uh, what's our plot? What what's this about? You mentioned it briefly. It's a true story. So true
0: story about people that I don't like.
1: Yeah, people as in famous people, actors?
0: No. Okay. So, so you've watched Mindhunter. Yeah.
1: Right? Yeah. It's the uh, story of the, you know, FBI's uh, John Douglas. serial killer yeah. um, division. Right. Where they were trying to, you know, they just created a whole de- department and it was based on psychological profiles. And right. Not just, um, you know, studying the behavior and patterns and that exactly.
0: kind of thing. So it's very similar to that. Oh, cool! And that's another reason I thought about doing this this week because we did comparison of Ted Lasso and I mean <laughs> not thorough comparison, but yeah. we sort of like brought up Ted Lasso, similarities of Ted Lasso and Stoveley last week.
1: So right. I
0: thought it was so. I thought it would be interesting to bring up Mindhunter in comparison to Through the Darkness because the stories are similar. Because as we are. Human, human behaviors are similar. Regardless of race and culture, things are bound to happen. So that's also what happened in Korea.
1: Nice. Yeah, human behavior, of course. So that explains the Korean title a little better.
0: Through the darkness. Yes. Well, and uh, those who read the mind of people. The, yeah. yeah,
1: those who read them. Uh, so it's the people who study. Yeah. What's the, uh, are they, is there, a, what's the Korean FBI called? Or is there a Korean FBI?
0: There's no FBI. It's just a police department. Hmm. But within the police department, there is a It's kind of like a CSI. Gotcha. Um, Science investigation unit.
1: OK, so uh, it's just a different uh, unit or yeah. department in yeah. the police force. Gotcha. So there's no federal level investigators?
0: Well, I mean, it's a small country. Korea is not United States of Korea, so... Right. We don't have a state law, we just have one country. So it's all so. federal, basically. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: Even if it's local, it's federal. Right. So that makes me think that you guys would be able to share data much better than the problems that they've had in the past with catching killers in America.
0: Yes and no. So the data sharing is very... Yeah, you could always look up stuff. So when I... Read about cases like, especially missing case or somebody um, committing serial crime in America. Yeah, you could cross the border and go to different state, get different license, driver license, uh, get different identity um, tied to insurance crime or you know something like that, and um, has something to do with the change of address, all those stuff. So it is possible in America to a certain degree, especially now, even now. Yeah, but you know when I read about. You know, '80s crime, um, even like some of the '90s crime. I mean, people could become completely somebody else in a lot of fraudulent cases and serial killer because they, the police won't be able to chase this person. Right. So when I read stuff like that, I'm like, it's just so (laughs) mind boggling because, like, really, you can't look up this stuff. Like, this person has, you know, like okay, maybe driver license, but you can't look up this driver license from like Alabama. If you're in, like, Massachusetts...
1: Yeah, it's like, crazy. that was
0: just so... Like, I, I didn't know how to, like, you know, put my mind into it. But, um, yeah, I think that's why. Because in Korea, pretty much all systems are connected. Even right. Before when there was computer, like, you know, you write whatever... Um, Report, and I guess... Yeah, like, some kind of paper yeah thing. And then, you know, different, like, Seoul versus Busan, Daegu. They right. were, like, you know... Mail the paper, that, right. whatever, and then they like have the record connected so, to a certain degree. Yeah, I mean, that makes total so, sense. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, that you know, the whole state law versus federal law that's you know,
1: I think about uh, Ted Bundy. I mean, I think yeah. he started in California and like went to Utah and they arrested Washington. him in like Denver or something, yeah. but then he escaped <laughs> and then he was in Florida. Oh, that's
0: right. And yeah. so
1: it's like. Because they weren't able to connect all those dots, you know, they could have prevented a lot of, a lot of those crimes maybe yeah. sooner yeah, than, than they did. And that's a high profile person. So someone who's like a little more under the radar yeah. can get away with lot, murder. Yeah. <laughs> they can literally get away with murder. Yeah, crazy.
0: So before it becomes 30 minutes like last week, I'm going to go straight into the brief story of this drama and we will continue from there. As of 2020, there are 48,251 surveillance cameras in South Korea. Although this number includes facility safety cameras, it is high considering how small the country is. Except for some alleyways, most streets, whether big or small, have surveillance cameras. Korea was a pretty safe country before, having all these cameras, and it still is. So why did they spend the tax money to install all these cameras? The data shows that the installation increased rapidly and steadily between 2005 and 2019, and this record is closely related to this week's drama, Through the Darkness. The drama is based on a true story, and it is set in the late 90s. Detective Song has always been curious why criminals commit the crime. Whenever he's on scene, he's approaching the evidence from the criminal's point of view. And one day, he's assigned to a murder case, which rarely happens. His colleagues are quick to judge that it was the victim's boyfriend because he was last seen in her house and previously involved in a local gang. There's an obvious sign of forced entry, but no one wants to look into this, except Detective Song. He keeps investing on his own, and while doing this, he meets the chief of forensic department, Gook, who agrees with Song's approach to the case and even offers help with his knowledge. At the same time, Gook offers him a new position to work with him as a partner. The issue is that this position is yet to be approved by the Korean National Police Agency and both of them will have to start working off the clock until it officially becomes a unit. Gook's been thinking that some necessary changes are needed in the Korean criminal justice system and that is to create the Criminal Behavior Analysis Unit. But whenever he talks about this to his colleagues, They laugh at him, saying catching the bad guys isn't about brain work, but physically being at the crime scene and visiting as many places as possible to find more evidence. While Gook tries to persuade his boss for permission to operate analysis unit, a couple murders happen in the area. While Song thinks the cases are related, other detectives can't even fathom the idea of a serial killer because such a thing didn't really exist in Korea until the early 2000s. Song and Guk pick up a desk that other departments put out to throw away and start working in the police station's basement, which becomes the cornerstone of Korea's Criminal Behavior Analysis Bureau. Their colleagues either laugh at them or disregard their work. However, they continue studying the evidence and more importantly, start interviewing other criminals who are behind the bars to learn their perspective on the cases, which infuriates many higher-ups. Then they come across a guy who was brought in for an attempted break-in. During an interview, Song and Guk find him matching the type of killer they established by the analysis, and he turns out to be the killer of the recent murders in the area. Song and Gook's work earned both compliments and criticism, but they are approved to continue their criminal analysis work for the time being. At the time, no one saw that it was the best thing that the Korean National Police Agency did because the unprecedented type of crime, serial killing started happening from early 2000.
1: Okay, great. So, uh, this is, first of all, this is a real person, as you mentioned, right? The person who, uh, I guess, the lead character.
0: Right. So, two lead characters. But yeah, b- the bo- both of them are real people. And so, they're all around.
1: Yeah, so he is kind of responsible for starting the that kind of uh, investigations in uh, Korea?
0: Right. So, in the show, basically the show is about you know, these two cops and trying to approach crimes from different angle. And that's really what they had to go through because there was nothing like profiling or criminal psychology, none of that concept. Right. Of course, Korea didn't have as many brutal crimes back then. And it's still like in general, it's a pretty safe country. So, you know, even... Twenty years ago, thirty years ago, nobody had, nobody felt the necessity of having something like that, so they just didn't have any ideas. Right, and then you know this person. I mean, he's. I feel like he's a really kind of a godsend to whole Korean police department, because if Korea didn't have this person, we probably still didn't have this, and we probably wouldn't be able to catch some of the you know so called famous killers in Korean history, Korean criminal history.
1: Yeah, I mean, and really, you're talking about the. I mean, it's a specific type of murderer who continues to murder, right? Right. It's the repeat offender who something is going on where they have to do it or whatever. Right. And if you didn't have a lot of that before, there's no reason why you would make the connections, you know?
0: Right. So the person who's now really famous, he's in a lot of like TV shows and stuff. He does like panel work and advisory work and stuff like that. Um, his name is Kwan il and it's interesting because in the interview he says he always wanted to be a Catholic priest huh. but you know he comes from family with no money and he had families to support and you know being a cop is a you know it's a government job so right. when you go to like police university like it's very low cost and almost no cost and you know it's a, it's a job you're guaranteed salary and you don't have to like try to fight for your position. You know, it's a government job. It's a secure. Yeah. So he said, well, maybe I should just become a cop instead of being a priest. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. So he said that's why he became a cop.
1: Huh. What's
0: really interesting is the guy who played his character... In the show? In the show. He actually played priest oh, in a different show cool. called The Fiery Priest, which I covered with Mary last year. Right. So... Kim nam a that's the actor's name. So he played a priest, and then the actual, the profiler cop, he, that was his dream job, actually.
1: So if he went to this real person and told him he was going to play him, they could have talked about that. <laughs> you know, I wanted to be a priest. You know, I played a priest. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Neither one of us became a priest, but we know some stuff about it. <laughs> That's a big switch, too, from priest to cop.
0: But I feel like there's some connection to it. They're both... It's about, like, human nature. Like, studying the human nature and, you know, it's a good and the evil contrast kind of thing.
1: Yeah, it can't... Well, it sounds like he went to the right, you know, part of it. Because <laughs> just being a, a cop is not necessarily that, right? Yeah, yeah. But because that's way his mind was, that's right. probably what made him start to analyze and figure these things out yeah. Well,
0: yeah i'm gonna t- talk about it a little bit and then the actor who played his partner who's the actual the godfather of this whole korean profiling uh-huh. unit he actually used to play a lot of gang characters
1: because
0: uh-huh. he has certain looks <laughs> right so he was always like kind of like a uh, buzz haircut and it's like a gang leader or he's the action leader nice he's a muscle man kind of right. thing so Jin Sung gyu is his name. He's a really good actor. He's a... The other actor, Kim nam Gyu. He's a, he's a good actor, but he's more famous for the look. But Jin Sung gyu is a very serious actor. He does a lot of theater, too. So the, this drama, you know, although it's crime drama, it's not about solving the case. I mean, they do solve cases and stuff like that, but that's not the biggest focus because it's this struggle between these to people who try to create a new department and the police department, the whole police, um, sort of like FBI, Uh they're against it. So it's that kind of um, power struggle.
1: Right, it's that conflict of uh, them trying to make everyone realize this is important and everyone's like, oh, whatever, we don't need this stuff.
0: Yeah. So before we getting into any of those details of the stories i want to talk about this phenomenal human being in the show who's actually also who's actually a real person so the guy who in the show his fictional name is uh, Mr. Gook kind of sounds weird
1: <laughs> Mr.
0: Gook yeah <laughs> sounds like a slang but no it, yeah. it's it's his uh, family name so Mr. Gook He's a real person. He's the godfather of the whole Korean crime investigation unit. So I read a lot of his interviews because I was so fascinated by this person. And basically he said he wanted to be a writer as a kid. So Mm. he read books, you know, day and night, and he wanted to be a writer or some kind of journalist or something has to do with, you know, words. Right. That was his dream, so he wanted to go to college, majoring some kind of Korean literature or journalism, something like that. But his family had no money, mm. and he had a lot of siblings. He was the first son in the family, so very similar he to the other guy. So he went to police university <laughs> because it was very cheap, almost like no tuition.
1: Need a steady job, yeah. Yeah,
0: so he he became a cop, and. He was sent to Forensic Department in the late 90s in Korea. And that was around the time Korea was seeing like a lot of, you know, crimes, but not necessarily major, Mm. like just a lot of um, little stabbing here and there and a lot of uh, pickpocket kind of thing. Mm. Pickpocketing was really big in Korea um, around this time. So basically
1: for like trying to steal money, that kind of thing.
0: Yeah. And sexual assault. But nothing like, you know, really inhumane Right, heads crimes. chopped off and... Nothing like that.
1: Hands and arms and glass <laughs> jars and yeah. refrigerator and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> nothing like that was going on, right?
0: No. I mean, maybe a few, but yeah, it wasn't really like <laughs> that. So that was the 90s and he went to the forensic department and he said he was always curious why there are so many unsolved cases despite the cops working day and night. Mm. But he said because he was, you know, bookworm, he right. was still always reading.
1: He wanted to look at the unsolved cases, huh?
0: Well, no, and I'm saying, like, because he was bookworm on yeah. his free time or whatever he had any minute, right. he was always still reading on the side. Right. And he said the books that he enjoyed the most was books by, like, economists or futurists, like mm. Alvin Toffler. Um, so you can tell he was a serious reader. Yeah. <laughs> and he said um, when he read the books by Alvin Toffler, he started comparing America to Korea, especially for the economic and social development Uh aspect. And he realized in America there were a lot of serial killers in the 70s and 80s. Yeah. And when he like put that to Korea's development history, he kind of calculated that maybe this kind of crimes will happen in Korea around Two thousand and
1: ten, right? So based on how the growth of the economy and exactly. the society is, and where where career the is, country is
0: going, because as I said, sense. like yeah. you know, this is human behavior. You know, right. that's what why economy is going a certain way. The society is growing a certain way or don't grow, right?
1: Yeah, the environment that you're in is you know what creates it right. partially. So nurture nature, all that stuff.
0: Right. So. Back in like in late 90s, he was thinking like maybe in about 20 years or so, you <laughs> know, Korea is gonna see this kind of crimes maybe. Right. And he was thinking like we need somebody who can deal with this kind of level of crime. Mm. And at the time, Korea had one unsolved case that's very famous. Yeah, which is actually made into movie by Bong Joon Ho, Parasite.
1: Right. Yeah, I've seen I've seen that one or seen parts of it.
0: So it was just you know one of many one of thousands of cops sitting in his cubicle reading Elvin Toffler, thinking like, <laughs> you know we need some we need to be prepared for this kind of thing because right. it's bound to happen in Korea. That's great. And, you know, he went to his boss and he said, you know, we need to you know prepare for that. And the cops were like, you know, we don't even have enough people to deal with this petty crimes, like right. stabbing, pickpocketing, and sexual assault, and, you know, and are you talking about what, like, the <laughs> future, you know, yeah, so nobody's gonna, nobody was listening to him. And he was even saying, like, you know, this is something to study the mind, right? It's like, what are you talking about mind? Like, you know, are you out of your mind? That was probably the reaction, you know? Yeah. So what he did was when he wasn't working, when he was off the clock, he went through 2,500 COPS profile information.
1: Okay, so the employees, like he studied the employees there.
0: Yeah, to pick his partner. Wow. And he picked one person who was basically a fingerprint person. So -hmm. this guy's job is he's just always going through fingerprint. That's his job, right? And the reason he picked him was because you know, the, the nature of doing the fingerprint work is like, there's no... Really, he's never off the clock. He could yeah. be... He's always on call. And he probably dealt with a lot of different variety of cases. Right. Whether it's like, you know, killing or just petty crime, like small theft or something like that, you know. So he thought, oh, this is a good guy because he probably saw a lot of different cases. Right. And he's used to working around the clock. (laughs) (laughs) So he called this guy who now became a really famous person, Kwon, and he said, well, you know, do you want to do this job? And he's like, what are you talking about? You know, I became the cop because I need a secure job. I'm not trying to venture out of something new or, you know, I need my steady paycheck. I I have family to feed. I have parents. I have my own family. And so this guy, Mr. Gook, persuaded him for three months, and what he told him is that, you know, this is a blue ocean because nobody's done this. Right. And because he wanted to, Mr. Kwan wanted to be priest. a priest before, yeah. which means like his interest in like human mind and the behavior. Yeah. So I guess he started to change his mind. He's like, well, you know, actually, that sounds like something I was always curious about. Because whenever he goes to these crime site, he thinks about like, what made this guy to do this? Like, of
1: course. Right. Why are you doing this? You know? Right.
0: So he started to change his mind, and they became a duo. They became partners.
1: That's amazing. So that's a really cool story, like and a good reason to, right? You know, do a show around it.
0: Yeah, and to me, like it's crazy that in the nineties, some cop. I mean, when you look at like Korean, um, Korean police culture and the whole legal system, it's very outdated. Yeah. Um, still to this day, a lot of. You know even when the cases are solved the outcome is not satisfying because the legal system is very outdated one of the korean legal systems issue is pointed out in the netflix show juvenile justice yeah so that's a show about basically juvenile criminals right right and this society is different now it's so much more progress and developed compared to you know 60s and 70s and you know the kids back then you know the worst thing they could do is like probably stealing candies or something like that, you know, right now kids are like hazing their kids and you know, kids come in like sexual crimes. I mean, it's a different time, but they're still saying they can't punish anyone under 16 or 70. I can't remember. Yeah. Um, it's a very conservative system based on the very old system right. and belief and social norms. So to me, like somebody, a policeman Back in '90s, could even think about something like this. Reading right. Alvin Toffler and you know predict like what Korea is gonna have right. in the future, the crime-wise. That's I mean yeah, I feel like he's a godsend to Korea.
1: I think it's interesting because that that whole thing about you know the collective good or the morals that sort of progress and change within a society over time. Yeah. You see like in the 50s or or 40s or 50s in America, it was very, you know, the things that people wouldn't do, like they just wouldn't do it because it wasn't right right to them because the moral center of the country or the people was, there wasn't as much media, obviously there wasn't Mm -hmm. cell phones. And so your world was much smaller and you just wouldn't do certain things because it affected everyone and you'd get caught, you'd get in trouble. Right. And so you can kind of see that with the Korean as well. Once they got out of the Japanese control, they established society where they were very much communal, very much like they had rules, that, things that you just wouldn't do, mm-hmm. you know, because your parents taught you that and you yeah. learned that as a kid, you know. But yeah. then now what you're talking about, this generation, they don't they don't have that same sensibility. Mm-hmm. So the older people wouldn't necessarily think that a kid would do that. But, yeah, a kid would do that, you know. Yeah. And they don't have that same understanding of why it's right or wrong, you
0: know? mm mm-hmm. yeah.
1: So we have this show about these two characters, right, that mm-hmm. are real. Yeah. Now I'm curious if, uh, since the characters are real, this 12 episodes, do they go into, like, actual cases? Are they pretty real as well, or they Yeah, just-
0: yeah. And what's kind of crazy is that, you know, I keep saying, like, this guy's godsend, but... Because it is so, right around the time nineteen ninety nine to two thousand ish, two thousand yeah. two, when he was trying to establish this, you know, uh, criminal psychology unit. Yeah, Korea started having more serious crimes, and right about the time that he said, "Okay, we have this official unit," Korea had the first modern serial killer. Wow! And. This sounds really crazy, but nobody believed the cases were connected because the idea of serial serial killing kind of didn't really exist until 2000. Right. That's kind of crazy, right? So all those cops are like, no, it can't be one person killing all these, you know, women for no reason in a sequence. Why would a human being do that? So nobody even thought of the possibility of being serial killer.
1: Yeah. They just didn't even have an understanding of it. Right.
0: Yeah. Because Korea didn't have anything like that, really, except there was one case, but it was unsolved. So people didn't think that was a serial killing. Right. Um, And that's when this Mr. Cook and Guan, their unit was kind of being established. They were doing their under underwater work.
1: Perfect timing.
0: Exactly. So they said, let us take a look at those cases, and, you know, we can maybe draw some conclusion. Right. But that was a struggle for them, too, as you can see in the drama, because cops were like, you know, you are not even, like, you're not even real cop. Like, you guys are sitting around <laughs> at the desk. Yeah. That's not what cops are about. Like, right. you have to be at the scene. You have to be running around. You have to stay up all night for a couple days in a row. That's what cops are about. Yeah. You know, we'll let you take a look at the case file, but... I bet you're not gonna find anything in the case file, right? Right, but the case, the first case they talk about, there are a couple of small cases they talk about, but um, the first serial killer case they t- they covered in this drama is actual case. So, and they were able to catch the guy because of these partners, nice, because these two guys, right? They were able to find some clues from different crimes. Uh-huh and pointed out that it is indeed one person. And the cops were just, you know, they couldn't believe them. Right. First of all, they didn't want to recognize their way of working, you know. Yeah, they didn't want to admit that yeah.
1: this was a, a thing, this yeah. could be a thing. Yeah.
0: And also, like, you know, just in general, like Koreans didn't really have idea of serial killing back yeah. then, just about 23 years ago. <laughs> so people didn't believe, like, you know, just, no, it's not going to be one guy doing this, you know. Plus, like, it's happening in different parts of Seoul, different parts of Gyeonggi province. So it's not going to be one person. That's great. Why would somebody put in this effort to move around killing people in the first place? Like, yeah, just the idea didn't exist. So, you know, this guy could have gone to kill so many more women, but he was caught because of these two people who did phenomenal work on their own, And as you can see in the drama, they didn't have really office. Right. So they got this little like um, janitorial kind of like storage. And because it's two people, they just literally put one desk in there. (laughs) They're sitting, you know, face to face, kind of like in a cafe, except that they had, you know, piles of paperwork and stuff like that. And they
1: And they they just did their work.
0: Yeah. And they kind of did it like off the clock because they still had their work to do.
1: Well, yeah, that reminds me of Mindhunter.
0: Um, right, yeah.
1: You know, I like the stories of, uh, I always have, regardless of the story, but I think a lot of people like those kind of stories where they kind of show the origin of something important, you know, and how obviously there's a group of people that don't believe that it'll work. So you have that protagonist against what, you know, you know who not protagonists. You have the, the lead characters trying to do something, and then everyone's kind of against it, and so they've got to prove them, prove mm-hmm. them wrong, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: And that's a fun storyline, especially when it's when it's true and it really mm-hmm. happened because that's happened so many times in society, you know? Yeah. Where things, like, if you just give people... It's just so hard for your mind to be open to new right. ideas that right. you don't believe in. So it yeah. makes sense that the police would be like, what, what are you talking
0: about? Yeah, yeah. So, yep. yeah, the first um, serial killer that they talk about here, um, the crimes they talk about in this drama, it's very actually, you know, pretty much the same. Like, they didn't really change any details. Yeah. Even, like, the actors who played those killers or, you know, criminals, they, they like kind of look like the real people. That's good. <laughs> people. That's cool. And a couple of them are, like, actually kind of really kind of creepy because they, I mean, they did so well. Right. But also, like when you imagine like that's probably how they did committed these crimes when you think about it like yeah. yeah it's pretty creepy
1: so it really is kind of true crime huh
0: yeah i think the whole drama is you know i would say like 90 percent true that's maybe great maybe they like push some dates around to make it like more, more factual, dramatic like, yeah. yeah but like yeah i would say like 80 to 90 percent true it's just like kind of a documentary yeah but they made it into like a drama that's cool yeah
1: Yeah, I'm excited about that. That's, that sounds fun.
0: And, you know, you mentioned Mindhunter, but, you know, it's really closely related to what these guys did in the beginning as their underwater work. Because when Mr. Guan, the guy who wanted to be a priest, Uh when he joined the team as a partner, Mr. Gu gave him three things as a welcome gift. And he said the first was the book by John Douglas. John Douglas.
1: Okay. Which is the mindhunter Hunter book? Yeah. yeah.
0: So he gave them the book, and I guess in the book, John Douglas talks about you have to look at at least thousand cases. Yeah.
1: To establish uh, patterns and right. behavior and and understanding. be familiarize yourself with yeah. it.
0: Yeah. So he learned that, and along with many things. And the second welcome gift was literally like piles of paperwork record. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, of all crimes that happened in Korea since 1960. Wow. And you're talking about 1999,
1: right? Right. Please so. familiar yourself with every crime that's ever happened in Korea. <laughs> to join this task force of the two of us. That no one will believe is actually police work.
0: <laughs> and don't Welcome forget, to the team. you have to work off the clock. Yeah,
1: and you're going to be working every single second of every single day.
0: But the third one is interesting. So The third one... He made some appointment with the inmates, kinda like what the guy did in Mindhunter. Yeah. So to go and like interview talk to and these like talk people. to these people. Uh, yeah. And um, in the book, the actual book, they said it was really difficult because first of all like cops were like, Are you out of your mind? Why are you right. you know, meeting these guys? What are you trying to do? Like, what do you expect to hear from them?
1: In the Korean book or in the, the Korean book. Okay. Yeah.
0: And they're like, Well, those are just monsters, you know. Right. There's no reason to talk to them; just ignore them. They're not human beings. Right. So he said, it, "They're saying like it was really difficult, but it was really exciting, yeah. and also sad and very confusing and right. scary, also. Yeah. And that's the interesting part to me because in the drama, um, that's sort of like I would say like maybe highlight of the drama. Yeah. The arc of the story. So the guy who wanted to be a priest, Mister Guan, you see him like change a little bit. Right he gets a little like strange and weird and start to act kind of like uh unlike himself right normal himself, and he talks about now in- tr- retrospect, he says, you know profiler's job is really become the twin of this criminal, Yep, and during the process, you really have to think about if we eat certain way, if he holds. Chopstick certain way you have to think about why he's holding the chopstick certain way right no matter how normal it seems right and while you're doing that you also become monster yeah and you have to be able to separate that mind to your normal mind
1: which is very difficult
0: right because you're living the life 24 7 as a yeah. criminal you're
1: not sleeping a lot well, you're questioning these things and motives, and then you start questioning yourself, and right. then you start trying to understand your behavior and their behavior. And yeah, it's it's well. Can also, you know, confusing. literally, you
0: are trying to become this criminal to so understand. So you can get into the mind, yeah, yeah
1: and, and try to figure out what happened.
0: So I think he really had difficulties in the beginning. Yeah because nobody really thought that was gonna happen
1: right well yeah you wouldn't know right
0: right and then his partner could see that he was changing yeah so he said well maybe you should you know take some time off relax." but he said no i can't like you know people are dying and you know so there are some scenes that you know he couldn't be in that interview room so he had to leave yeah because even as a cop you're trying to Find your cool and stay cool, but you just can't because before then you're a human being also. Yeah. Right.
1: I think uh, you know, they touched on that in Mindhunter quite a bit, Mm -hmm. where he would go in and, you know, part of what they're establishing this whole process was like, Oh, hey, we need to go back to all the quote serial killers that we've already caught that are in there and we need to be interviewing all these people talking to them and what you see is almost exactly the same thing with this guy he kind of not really gets addicted to it yeah but he he needs to he needs to understand you right. know and he needs to talk to these guys and so he goes back more and more and there's one moment where he's like in the room with this guy and he's like he feels like he, that he could kill him right now yeah and that's yeah, exactly. that's kind of the like the ultimate thing that he's trying to you know it's it's not like it It's hard to explain the behavior of the cop, but you also get it because he like, he has to understand, you know, that's what he's literally trying to do all the time.
0: Behavior of the criminal. Yeah.
1: The other thing it makes me think about is Sons of the Lambs, you know? Yeah. This movie was, was, was about that exact type of thing. I mean, they were profiling a killer. They knew they needed a profile.
0: Right.
1: And so they couldn't figure it out themselves. So who do they go to?
0: Johnny Foster.
1: Well, no, she was just a young FBI agent, just coming up, and she was, you know, her department was going to be that. But the whole reason that movie like is so powerful is because they went to Hannibal Lecter.
0: Oh, So that's Hannibal right. Lecter
1: was the the doctor, but he was a killer, and he was a cannibal. Mm-hmm. So they're actually going to a killer to understand the mind of a killer that they can't catch. So he was in a unique position of being a doctor and also a killer, which is why they went to him. But they knew if they went to him that it was going to be tricky. So Mm. the director of the FBI sends Jodie Foster in because he feels like she's going to be the best candidate to get something out of Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. But that's, that's the idea is that the only way you're going to be able to solve this Is by having someone who has done it before because they understand the behavior better than than someone who's what we're talking about trying to understand the behavior from the outside, you know? Yeah. That's that line of humanity. Like, this cop, he's not going to cross that line. Right. You know? It's interesting.
0: And I didn't watch Mindhunter, even though I was interested. Yeah. For some reason, I didn't watch. But... You know, actually, after I watched this one through the darkness, yeah. then I started Mindhunter, and I watched I think two or three episodes. Oh, cool! And it's so, so surprising how, you know, I mean, these are two true stories. What happened in America yeah. versus Korea, but it's almost identical. Like it's very similar how, you know, they started this unit, and also what they felt during the interview of the criminals, and right. Um, also, the reactions from other cops who were like, yep. you know, didn't admit that this is type of investigation work and right, the you know it's like you said, like it's a, it's not just criminal. This is a human behavior and human psychology. Yeah, and yeah, it's it was very fascinating and interesting to me in that aspect.
1: You think that's the reason why you like true crime so much?
0: I think so. Yeah, I mean, I am interested in like human digging, behavior, but. You know, aside from beyond the researching and you know trying to think of clues and stuff like that, I'm interested in like you know, for example, recently, I came across this case that a guy um sexually assaulted a little girl and burned the body mm. so I'm thinking like at that point, like first of all, what made you be attracted to a little girl right as an adult man right. That's like my first point of like, I mean, it sounds kind of wrong, but my first point of interest in this crime.
1: Oh, you want to know why you're interested in understanding that mind like,
0: like, there are a lot of attractive women, grown up women, but why this little girl, you know, that's my first thought. And then you know, doing that to a little girl is one thing, but, like, burning that body, that's... Yeah,
1: what is that about?
0: What makes you think of that, you know? Yeah. And what were you thinking when you're watching that flame going up and, you know, like, the smelling it and, you know, all of that, like, that's what I'm curious... And I think that's why I'm always interested in, like, you know, this criminal psychology and what profilers do and, yeah. you know, this aspect of the crime. And that's probably why I was always following Mr. Kwan and his work and... Um, whether he's on TV or radio or a podcast or anything like that. And yeah,
1: that's great that he's still, you know, out he's there He's still around and, and, and even, yeah, very yeah, active. Cool. And You should call him up and interview him.
0: <laughs> um,
1: Tell him you have a podcast with five or six listeners and you'd like to get some inter- <laughs> interviews. <laughs> it's an American podcast. You've had, what, forty nine, forty eight episodes now?
0: Yeah, episode 48. Wow. The second to the last case in this drama is about this guy, serial killer guy, who killed 13 and injured 20 women. So he was active between 2004 and 2006. So like I said, you know, they were really, you know, the timing was great when they started this work. Yeah. Because they started doing this late 19... Nineteen hundreds. I mean, what what am I talking about? Nineteen ninety nine, <laughs> two thousand. Late
1: nineteen so. nineties. <laughs> so that's thirty three women that you know they he, that he, this person affected. Yeah. That, that we know and,
0: about. And thirteen died. Yeah, and who knows how many more? And right, you know, they do, they do say there are some other cases that he might be related, but they just don't have any of time. Yeah. What happens is that so he was sentenced to death. Uh huh. And I think. About two years later or so, he killed himself in the prison. Mm. And the Mr. Guan person that I like, he actually met this guy. He interviewed him, and he was the one that on the job with this case. Right. And his analysis on this guy, why he killed himself, yeah. is that his urge to murder someone was so strong, he had to kill himself.
1: Interesting. That's I mean, there are the, a lot of ultimate, like, reasons guess. and yeah. like
0: um, analysis that he gave and but in short, that was his conclusion. So it hmm. was the murder that he had to commit, but he didn't he couldn't kill anyone else.
1: I wonder if that's ever happened before. A serial killer killing himself because probably
0: I mean, it's a human psychology. So
1: but I mean, like a reported case like in uh, in America, for example. Like someone like Bundy or Dahmer or yeah. something like that. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's a human
0: dude. psychologist. I'm sure it happened to, you know, American serial killer, French serial killer, whoever. Anywhere in the world, if that mind works that way. The movie Memories of Murder. I don't know that one. That's the first movie that Bong Joon-ho directed. Mm. Who made about the serial killer. Yeah, and when he made that movie, that case was almost one and only unsolved and involving different murders. It was a very unique case because we're talking...
1: I think 19- I did see part of that, maybe. Was there a TV show about it later, too? Or was no. it just a movie? No, just a okay. movie.
0: Maybe you came across it when Parasite won Oscars and everybody I feel like talked about... like maybe you talked about it before, yeah. too. yeah. But, you know, this true crime happened between 80s to 90s in Korea. And that was the time people didn't lock their doors. Right. So, you know, having these murders pop up here and there within the close distance, that was something that people didn't experience, like whether you're a cop or citizens and, you know, neighbors in the area. And also because the killer was never caught, Right. And they weren't even sure if it was one guy killing these things. Right. But there were patterns. And it was almost like same pattern, kind of like very obvious rainy day. Yeah. People who wear a red coat. I can't remember. Red coat or red shoes. I can't remember. Um, Yeah, it was like very obvious pattern. Like um, to the point that I think the killer's name was Raincoat Killer. Mm. And in fact, I think there's a Netflix documentary now that's called Raincoat Killer. Mm. But Pong Jin ho decided to make a movie about it. And because it was an unsolved case, the movie ends without knowing who the killer is. Right. He didn't want to, like, fictionalize anything. Right. And he said, in fact, the reason he made the movie is because he was really interested in the case and he wanted to c- catch the guy.
1: Yeah, so he was hoping that might help, right?
0: Yeah. And what's interesting is the killer got caught in twenty nineteen, oh. and that was actually the same year. Boong won parasite.
1: Okay, so that's, that's so amazing. he won
0: parasite, and then he saw the article, news article, like and breaking he news. Catch the killer. Yeah, breaking news that you know the guy got cut. <laughs> it's
1: a good year for him.
0: Yeah, and it turned out he was already in the prison for killing his sister in law.
1: Oh,
0: but with all the other like, was it like
1: of, DNA or something? Yeah, the DNA
0: time? because the you know sci- science, um, wow. technologies developed and they were able to track it better and all that so they caught the guy so it turned out he was already in the prison and so far um he's convicted of 15 serial killings and 30 sexual crimes wow sexual assault and i saw an interview of a profiler who interviewed this guy yeah who's actually a woman and she said he was different And she thinks he has to be different because, like I said, people didn't even lock their doors in, you know, in the 80s and 90s in Korea. Right, during that time. And being able to kill so many and assault so many women back then, like, you have to have a different mind from others. And one thing that stood out to her is that, I guess she asked him, like, did you feel anything during the process of crime or after you know do you think of anything you know what you're doing and he said all the crimes were very natural to Mm. me if I stop in the middle that's just sexual assault if I keep doing it that's murder that's the only difference right he said he think of it as a natural human act
1: right and okay
0: it's just matter of like whether um you know, I guess it's like me eating Ben and Jerry. Should I just eat half? So whatever he's
1: in the mood for that day?
0: Yeah. Should I just eat half today, <laughs> half wow. pint? Or should I just finish the whole pint? That's crazy. Like finish the whole pint for him? Is like i just killing this person? Or maybe today I just... Maybe I should just eat the half pint for him. That's like just sexual assault and... Right. <laughs> but what's crazy is the Pung Jun ho when he did screening of the movie... Of this guy's fictionalized movie memories of murder he said I mean he made a lot of comments about the true crime relation and why he made a movie and stuff like that and he said um, yeah I'm really intrigued to find out who the killer is and he said I feel like maybe the killer could be here right now at the screening (laughs) and you know imagine like you're in the theater and there are a lot of people in the seat right right and he said well, yeah, it, I'm. I'm pretty sure the killer is watching me and watching this movie here with us right now. And he pointed like in the back and was like, "Oh, who is that leaving right now?" <laughs> and imagine yourself like you're in this. You're gonna turn your head and look at the person, right. right? And he said, "Okay, so whoever didn't turn their head, that's the killer." Right. How smart is that, right? Yeah, that's fun. I mean, it's funny, but it's also like smart for him to like make that joke, or maybe he wasn't joking. Maybe he really was curious. Yeah. <laughs> As you can see in the drama, he was predicting this kind of crime happening in Korea in about fifteen to twenty years when he started this work mm. creating profiling unit. But it happened a lot sooner than he expected. Right. Like almost five, ten years sooner. Because he was just getting the base work done in two thousand and the serial killers started to happen. Serial killing started happening in two thousand three. And now, (laughs) Korea is just... I don't know, it's... uh, Yeah, some crazy stuff is happening. But, yeah, I would say still, in general, it's a pretty safe country. First of all, like, there's no gun. And, you know, like I said last episode, like... The reason there's no metal detector at the baseball game or any other sports game or concert... Is because, like, people don't really... First of all, there's no, like, threat of terror. Right. And... I don't know, I guess it's a different mentality, like you said, back in, like, 30s in America. Like, people don't go there to kill people.
1: Yeah, it is a different mentality. But it's also established. Like, you know, not having guns is important. Yeah, I think so. It's a a big big, part of it. And, um, you know, a lot of the acts also, I would say, have to do with uh, things that happen in America have to do with celebrity and wanting to make a name for yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, part of the thing that happened with the serial killer stuff is it was so fascinating these people were so interesting and like you they wanted to understand well how could someone do this why would someone do this yeah but the other part of that is not the curious mind but the mind that goes oh i'm like that yeah that's me even if it's not then you know they think oh if i do this i'm gonna get famous or right you know a lot of those shootings school shootings You know, it has a lot to do with that like you hear them say oh i just you know i'm gonna go down as the you know killing the most people or, or whatever like there's yeah. some something playing with that there mm-hmm. you know and you don't really have that in in korea and i don't know that you ever will in a sense you know you can see how the societies have grown and changed but the core of the korean people is different you know i think
0: yeah i mean i think you know like this profiler predicted you know korea is probably going to have some issues that more developed country has currently. Right. But, you know, and I see, like, now, just about a month ago or so, um, there was some public stabbing incident. Yeah. (laughs) This 22-year-old kid went to this, like, shopping area and stabbed a bunch of people. Um, I think one died, Uh. and the person died later in the hospital, a few days later. Mm. But, you know, that's probably probably equivalent of like mass shooting
1: yeah for sure Well, yeah as far as like motive or maybe why motive, or the public yeah. and you know all the things that tie into that yeah
0: but like you said not being able to access gun is huge Yeah. because if this guy had a gun it could be like 100 people died in their yep. shopping area you know
1: well then you think okay other people have never had to you know deal with this so how would they react yeah. versus how someone in America would react. Right. Which is, you're either going to run and hide because you know something's going down. Right. Or you're the guy who has a, has a gun on you and is going to pull it out and like shoot the <laughs> other guy. You know? It's a, yeah. it's a weird thing. Uh, and,
0: you know, what I learned over the years studying the profilers interview and their books yeah. and stuff, um, not all serial killers, not all criminals want their attention.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
0: And, you know, this guy... You know, Yi Chun-jae is his name, who was, you know, killing people in the 80s. And he's a big um, example of the opposite. Because he said he watched a movie, Memories of Killing, which is about himself, mm. right? And <laughs> by this big-name director, he said right. he watched that in a prison. I guess they sh- wow. i was like, what, well, that's kind of weird. Like, the prison-showing movie about, about Memories of killing? I don't know, but it was a famous movie, so I guess they decided to screen the movie to the prisoners. That's crazy. So he said he watched a movie— yeah. So, you know, cops and profilers asked him, like, what do you think about the movie? And he said, well, it was a boring movie, whatever. <laughs> but, you know, if you are the kind of killers that wanted attention and this right. is about me, you know, then he's like, well, I think it should have been this, it should have been that. And, you know, you yeah. would point things out. and you'd you say
1: something about your to, life. To, like,
0: boost your ego or yeah, something, exactly. you know, right? But he said, well, it was kind of boring. Right. I didn't think much about it, you know. Right. Right. So for him it's not even about his ego. It's it's not that he killed people for to satisfy his whatever. Like you said, it was just one of his act, like just kinda of eating, sleeping. Yeah. It was you know? just part of his life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was
1: just what he understood that he needed to do.
0: That's just yeah.
1: Well I think too, getting back to how um they predicted when that would happen in in society in mm-hmm. Korea. It probably happened faster. Because the one thing about human behavior that's changed the most is the speed of information hmm. and the speed of technology to yeah. getting that information, which creates a global sense. Yeah. Yeah. So all the countries that are connected in that way, because not all of them are, right? Like right. Iran or North Korea, or, right. you know, some people are a little more closed off, but. Um, that would speed things up and change things. You know? Yeah. And and what we're seeing now in America, actually, I read something the other day, is that we're having less serial killers in the sense of a serial mm. killer, and more of these like incidences where people, like, public, yeah, because it, yeah. someone who does a mass shooting is not a serial killer, right? They did it once, yeah. And whether they planned it or not, it's just mass killing, yeah. yeah it's incident. not just because they killed twenty people doesn't mean they're a serial killer. Right. A serial killer is literally taking the time. Right. There's something in you that says I did this once. Oh, now I have to do it again. Yeah. Or it's have like to do their again.
0: habit. They can't stop that urge. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: you know what they talk about in all those shows mm-hmm. is like how they change after they they get do it a lot. You know, they get mm-hmm. better at it, or they it changes what their needs right. are. Or and that's, develops. Certain, that's yeah. the behavior part, the psychology right. of of what they're doing and what it, and why they're doing it. Right. You know. Yeah. For me, because
0: I was. Because I was pretty familiar with these cases in Korea, I think that was even more fun. It's kind of weird to say fun, but it it, ma- it made it extra fun to watch <laughs> this drama. Yes. Because, like I said, it's almost like a documentary. Yeah. Um, tied the profilers, the f- number one first ever profiler in Korea and yeah. to these cases that happened at the right time. Right and you're seeing it with these great actors and you know makes me think about again like the human behavior what they do and what why they do and how we are affected by it and the fact that you know these cops they're affected by the criminals right that's also a really interesting part so
1: when was the show created
0: oh the show came out last year
1: 2022 so it's it's new so we're talking 20 years after it was created or 30 years when this when they started this program it was in the 90s, oh, 20 90s years. right oh 2000 yeah yeah so 20 years later
0: yeah
1: that's a good that's a good amount of time
0: it's just crazy to think about like korea didn't have years. this for 20 years like yeah
1: yeah well they didn't need it
0: well they didn't need it but also like you know well, they,
1: they didn't think they needed it
0: I guess yeah even if you're not interested in Korean crimes or, you know, in general, if you're not, even if you're not interested in crime drama, because this is a little different kind of crime drama, it's not just, there's a case and okay, let's find the clues and it's not procedural. You know, you know, yeah. It's more of what, you know, people want to, people who believe in their work and they want to, you know, do the right thing. Right. So yeah, I, I highly recommend this drama. Um,
1: yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Like like I said, I like I like Mindhunter and uh, I think it's a neat, neat idea. And that it's true, just makes me want to watch it even more. So. Right.
0: Yeah, the acting's great. Um, even the actors who play the criminals, they're great. And yeah, if you I, I think Mindhunter was pretty big in America, right? So I think so.
1: Uh, the first season was really good. I think The second season that people didn't like or didn't watch as much, I think. But. <laughs>
0: So, yeah, if you like Mindhunter um, or if you like crime shows, yeah, check out Through the Darkness on Amazon Prime or Vicky or Kokoa. I realize I haven't sung in the past two weeks. I want to sing in every episode.
1: So what are you going to sing today? I don't know. Any songs about serial killers? <laughs> <laughs> Probably are.
0: You know, every time when there's like, maybe it's an old boy reference. Mm. The movie Old Boy. Every yeah. time I think about like some kind of crime music, I think about Shostakovich. Mm.
1: Shostakovich?
0: Jazz. It's like one of his jazz suites. Mm. <singing>
1: mm. Was that an old boy?
0: <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was an old boy. <laughs>
1: <singing> And that's a good one to take us out on. Thank you for listening to What Should I Watch.